Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. My name is Kate McKinney, and my husband and I are the lead pastors here. And this is not my usual role. I don't normally teach on Sunday. That's more of a Greg thing. Um, I prefer to teach in like a smaller group setting. So this is definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, But happy Mother's Day. Um, We're in a series called One Flesh. And uh, we were planning this series out, you know, months ago. And we realized that it would continue through Mother's Day. And so the question was, Okay, do we do like take a break and do something else for Mother's Day or do we somehow incorporate Mother's Day into the series? So we're all talking in staff meeting and I had an idea of how we could incorporate the two, which obviously meant then that I was going to teach. So here I am. <laughs> um, so we're in this series called One Flesh and it's about relationships, um, how we have these power tools that the Lord has given us with our one flesh with him, but how that also extends to relationships or your one flesh with your spouse. Um, so I was thinking about Mother's Day and how, how do these things go together. And I thought about a question that I get asked a lot. Um, so I have four kids and one on the way. So we're in the trenches of early motherhood. I've got kids from like nine down to five plus one coming. And I I get asked this question a lot. What is the hardest thing about being a mom? I get asked that a lot by other moms, by people that are just curious. And I feel like there's a lot of different answers for that. There's a lot of different things that are hard, um, depending on what season you're in. But there's like kind of this one thread that I feel like weaves its way through all of the different stages that I've experienced or with, you know, talking to my mom or like moms of older kids. And it's that motherhood is so incredibly constant. It is 100% all the time. Now, I know we could say this for everything, like, I'm always Greg's wife. You know, there's not a moment where I'm not his wife or, like, I'm not someone's friend or a daughter. But motherhood is constant in a way that is really, really demanding. Whether you're nursing in the middle of the night or there's your kid falls off their bike in the middle of the afternoon, Um, whether you're sick or your kids are sick, um, whether they're grown. I mean, they're a part of you, right? Like, you're always thinking about them, hoping for them, praying for them. Um, Even if you've lost a child, like, you carry that grief of the child that you don't get to have in person anymore. So it's just like this very constant thing. And I think the Lord has gifted mothers with this ability to endure Um, to endure these things, and we all have that ability, and moms kind of like get to stand out in a little little way um, in that, but so that's what we're going to talk about today, the power tool of endurance. So how we can both endure with the Lord through all of the struggles and things that he gives us or things that we go through, life, but also how we can endure in relationships, Right? this persevering with someone else. Um, And that really has to come from first an endurance with the Lord, like an identity grounded in being able to keep turning to him even when things are tough in our own lives will give us that foundation to be able to endure with other people 
um, in our relationships. So that is what we're going to be talking about today, the power tool of endurance and perseverance. And we, I apologize, there are no slides today, but I didn't have that many anyway. So <laughs> um, we are going to open up actually to Revelation chapter 2 to start with, which is kind of a funny thing to be reading out of. Revelation's always kind of spicy when you read it. <laughs> so I'll let you open up to that while I take a sip of water. So we'll be reading Revelation um, chapter 2. We're going to start with just verses 2 and 3. This is a section written to the church at Ephesus. So we're going to read just these two verses to start off with. It says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evildoers. You have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them to be false. I also know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for the sake of my name, and that you have not grown weary. So the full section that we'll read, we're going to keep reading in a little bit, is kind of like a compliment sandwich where it's like, here's a really good thing you're doing. Here's something you're not doing so great in. And we're going to end it with something else that's good. Um, so we're going to start off with this like commendation to the church, something they're doing good. They had been patiently enduring. The, the phrase patient endurance or enduring patiently comes up twice in these two verses. So I was thinking, what are these? What is this word? It's not just patient, they're not just being patient, but they're also not just enduring. So what does this mean together? Um, it comes from a Greek word that's actually a compound word that puts two different words together. The first word is the word for under, just a good old preposition, under. And then the other word is to stay or abide. And we've probably heard that verse like abiding in the Lord, the um, passage about like vine and the branches staying in Christ. But this is something different. It takes that word and adds this under to it. So it literally means to remain under. So I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, so to patiently endure means to remain under. What am I remaining under? Like, what, is that, what does that even mean? So I went back to that verse, the first one where it says it. And it says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. So they had been having endurance, this patient endurance, with works and toil. So I figured that was a great place to start of what we're enduring under. We're enduring under our works and under our toil. So what are those two things? First is the, the word work. It's not like a physical action. It is the work that we have all been given for the name of the Lord. Like it, you know, it says, you're doing all these things for the sake of my name. We've all been given a work within the Lord, and that is to share his name, to proclaim the gospel, to reach the kingdom, further his kingdom. Um, and though we all have that work, we've also been given like a mantle. I just kept picturing like the word mantle, how we all have a mantle of how we do that, how we spread the gospel. So being a pastor is a mantle. It's just something that the Lord has given you or gifted you, something you've been placed under to do. Uh, being a parent is a mantle. Being a friend is a mantle. 
wherever you work at, that's a place where that's your mantle. It's something that you carry for the name of the Lord. Whether you're volunteering or whether you're just at home or whatever you're doing, you're kind of, your position is your mantle. It is where you do God's work. And this is a really great thing, right? We, I think we're all really excited when we first get our mantle, like, I don't know, when you first get married, you're like, oh, I'm a wife, yay, you know, and it's like you're really excited, or when you first get that job, um, it's a very cool thing to, like, finally to have this mantle that the Lord has given you. But I think sometimes we can um, switch from knowing that our mantle is given to us from the Lord to taking on a mantle as our identity, right? So we have, we've been given a mantle, and it's all for the sake of his name, but whenever we start to find our identity in our mantle instead of in who gave it to us, we have a red flag for patiently enduring, right? Your mantle becomes heavy. Motherhood can be heavy sometimes, but I'm like, wow, am I a good mom? <laughs> This is really hard. Or like, am I a good spouse? Oh, I haven't texted that friend in like two weeks. And so when we try to, when we have our identity really wrapped up in our mantle, we can start to kind of crumble underneath it and not be able to patiently endure. So that's kind of like our first red flag here of being able to endure patiently. But there was a second thing that we're waiting under, right? Works, which is the spiritual aspect, and then toil. So verse 3 says, I know that you are enduring patiently. You're bearing up for the sake of my name, and that you have not grown weary. So this phrase, bearing up, is the physical word for carrying something. Um, it's the word used when Jesus was carrying the cross. It's also funnily enough, the word for a womb that carries a child. It's just like a physical act of carrying. So you have the spiritual work of your mantle, your calling, what God has given you to do, but then you also have these toils, right? We all have toils in life that we have to um, deal with that have been, that either are um, just life, right? Things just happen, or maybe like consequences of sin, or something that comes along with the mantle that you carry, there are physical things. <laughs> so what are some physical toils that we are carrying, that we're, we're bearing up, right? Um, I think, you know, motherhood, like exhaustion definitely comes with that, especially if you've got a baby and you're up all night, right? Um, in relationships, like, you could be bearing, like, arguments or betrayal, right? Things that are coming in between that aren't necessarily spiritual or, like, your, you know, what is impacting your calling, but just things in life, right? Um, even just having a bad day, you know, like, you get a flat tire or you get a text that makes you feel off or something, um, this past week, Greg and I, or past two weeks, we've had really, really bad weeks. <laughs> it has been just like thing after thing after thing. Um, we're in the process of trying to like sell our house and buy a house that like needs work, but we wanna do like the work we wanna like renovate. 
And then all these things are like going wrong. We had the sewer line break in our current house and all these inspections were coming back, like couldn't even find stuff to inspect at the newer house. And we're like, what is happening? And all of these physical things were piling up. And what they were doing was, wasn't, they weren't just like affecting the physical, they were affecting the spiritual. I was no longer just looking at the physical thing and being like, oh man, that's hard, that sucks. But I was like, God, why? Why is this happening? Is this because I made a wrong choice? Is this because I'm not supposed to be doing this thing that I thought that you called me to do, <laughs> right? You know, we've been praying for a house with uh, some land for years and really felt like the Lord opened this one up and then it was like, maybe I just made a wrong decision. Maybe it was me. Maybe this is just a consequence of me not listening to the Lord. And so all these physical things began to impact my spiritual mantle. I wasn't worshiping the Lord anymore, right? My heart was not there. So this physic, these physical things became like the second red flag of me or us enduring with the Lord. It was like, man, just thing after thing after thing. Maybe there's just like something not right. Maybe I'm being punished. Maybe this is just like, you know, it's just your head. Have you ever been there where like you're spiraling and you're like, and then this happened and then this happened and then that happened. And then it's like, wow, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? And so then you're swinging from all the physical to the spiritual and your mantle is not being carried very well. And you're not patiently enduring with the Lord. You're questioning him. You're doubting. Um, and so that's where I was the past two weeks. Just to put it like plainly, I was like really going through it with the Lord. Um, so what do we do when we get in these things? What do we do when we have these red flags where we're like, God, I don't know if I can keep going with you. Like my faith is crumbling right now. Um, because again, like I said, your endurance with the Lord has to come before you showing up for a friend, right? So... Let's keep reading verses 4 through 7 in Revelation 2. So it says, I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then from where you have fallen. Repent. Do the works you did at first. If not, I will, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this is to your credit. You hate the works of the... Nicolaitans, I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it, but which I also hate. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. So here he calls out where they were falling short. They had lost their first love for the Lord. They might have still been doing things, you know, like, I, you know, still was praying and, like, reading my Bible, you know. Like, we can be in those spots where we're not, our love for the Lord isn't really there, but we're still doing the things because we just, that's what we do, right? It's kind of more like we've become, we're just, like, waiting around instead of, like, patiently enduring, you know. You're kind of just there doing the things that you always do. Maybe you're even giving advice to a friend, like, you know, that's godly advice because you remember that scripture. You know, it's easy to pull that out, you know. 
but your heart is not there. Your heart is really struggling. And so you've forgotten this first love. And so you're just kind of like waiting around, not really hoping, not really enduring, but just kind of there. Have any of you ever been there where you're just feeling like, well, this is it. This is where I'm at. This is just kind of what's going on. So, so how do we go from there, that point of like, I guess I'll just wait around or whatever, to back into patiently enduring? And, and this verse like gives some really clear steps. So number one on how do we keep patiently enduring, how do we get to back to that spot with the Lord? Um, it says, remember from where you have fallen. Go back to that very first time where you trusted the Lord with your salvation. I had this thought of like, if I can trust the Lord with the salvation of my soul to like literally save me from all sin and health and everything, why am I not trusting him with like the broken sewer pipe? That seems weird. I will trust him with my eternal life, but I will not trust him with this physical thing. Right? That kind of put it into perspective for me as I was reading this. I was like, huh. Well, when I first trusted him, I trusted him with my entire life. So where's, why, am I, why am I disconnected now? Which it makes sense. Like God knows that we're going to do this, right? Um, but I was thinking about why did I trust him in the first place? Um, it was that he was good. Greg kept singing this song um, over like while we were just like, really in it, and it's something about, like, remembering his goodness, like, I will sing his goodness. I was like, that's why I trusted him with my salvation, is because I thought he was good. I knew he was good. I believed in his character and who he was. And sometimes it's hard to remember that on your own. Sometimes you need someone, like a spouse or a friend, to sit with you on the couch and listen to all of your ramblings that don't make any sense and to call you out and say, hey, let's go back to scripture, right? If this is what it was, these are the things that it would look like. Does it look like this? I'm like, no. It's like, okay, then you're probably just believing a lie. So we'll get more into this when we get to the relational side, but when we're remembering where we've come from, we need to like go back to remember who he is, and sometimes that takes someone else calling out those falsehoods. Um, in that passage that we read, it was say they, they were calling out falsehoods in their community, in their culture. Sometimes we need someone to do that for us, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but it says, after you remember, you need to repent. And I think this is a really hard step because um, it's easy to repent from like physical acts of sin. Um, it's not as easy to repent from doubt or fear. Um, but those are also sins, right? And if we're not believing in the Lord, um, we're living in sin. And so we have to own up to that, to where, wow, I've really been believing this other thing. I haven't been trusting you. That is a sin that I need to repent from. I need to go to the Lord and hand that over to him and then turn from it. It's not just something where you like acknowledge, yeah, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I'm doubting, but you have to like physically give that over to him. So, I mean, that's what it says. Repent for the beliefs that you've had against the Lord, the doubts, the fears, and own up to that. 
And then it says, go back to the works you did at first, right? Remember that first mantle, right? The first calling, going back to that, how eager you were to serve and follow the Lord, the things that you did, just going back to that, right? Um, And we may be wondering, like, well, I don't really remember, or like, I don't know what to do. And this verse also says, listen to what the Spirit is saying. So there's this action of like, what works do I need to do? What do I need to go back to? What will benefit the Lord and also increase this trust that I have with him? And it's asking, asking the Spirit. And sometimes the Spirit will speak through other people, like I talked about earlier. Um, so it's just trusting your community with your baggage, with I can't do this, and then them being able to step in and say, hey, I can lead part of the way. I can help speak into this. So our next thing that we'll be talking about is how do you do that, right? So if we've established kind of these steps of how to endure with the Lord whenever we're really struggling, whenever we're having a hard time, and we can get back to that spot, or even if we're just still in the middle of it, but we have someone else around us that needs that, how do we endure with them, endure for them. Um, so we're going to read a passage in 1 Peter 4. If you guys would like to turn to 1 Peter 4. We're going to read verses 8 through 11. It says, Above all, Maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold of manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So here we get a glimpse of what it looks like to endure with someone else or for someone else. Verse 8 starts with maintain constant love for one another. So this constant is another word for enduring. Um, This one's a little bit different. Um, It's from a different compound word in the Greece, from the two words out and stretch. So it means to be outstretched, right? To have a love that is outstretching. So it's this picture of having something that gets stretched to its full capacity, but then going further and outstretching beyond of what um, it should be able to do. It's a supernatural thing. It's something that is given by the Lord for you to be able to do this for other people. Um, when I first thought of this, I kind of laughed because I thought of all like the actual stretching that moms do, right? Our stomachs stretch out really far just to carry a human life for nine months. And then, you know, labor happens and you know, there's a lot of other stuff that happens there. And then your body's like undergoing this amount of pain that's not supposed to be like humanly possible to bear. Um, but somehow you are able to do it, right? The Lord is like a gift in your body to be able to do this stretching that is beyond what it's supposed to. And what is it for? For bringing life, right? 
It's all for the life of another. So how can we apply that to being there for someone else? I read this passage um, in 1 Thessalonians where Paul is talking about how he was going through it. It says he could bear it no longer. He was having a hard time. He was being persecuted. And so he said, so I sent word to Timothy to see how he was and how the gospel was spreading through him. And it says, during all our distress and our persecution, we have been encouraged by you through your faith. So he went asking, how are you doing? I'm not doing good. <laughs> I need to know how you're doing. And Timothy sent a word back. And then it says, <clears throat> for now we live if you continue to stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel because of God in you, right? He was encouraged and brought joy by the perseverance of another. Just that simple story of hearing how someone else was being able to continue to walk in the Lord in a difficult circumstance, like Timothy was out there preaching. I'm sure he was getting persecuted just like um, Paul was, but it brought him joy and encouragement I think um, we do women's Bible study 6.30 a.m. on Thursdays in the bridal room. Um, but it's a really great time for us to like share stories. And a few weeks ago, we were being able to like listen to someone's story. And it was just like, how encouraging is it that you are here? Right? That you've been able to go through this, that you endured. That is giving me hope in what the Lord can do in your life, in my life, in other people's lives that I might be worried about. Just hearing stories of other people's faith, their endurance, their being able to, to stay with the Lord can bring so much joy and encouragement to your own life. Um, sometimes enduring is hard, right? And maybe you're not in a place where you can send back a good report like Timothy was. Maybe you're in Paul's position. Um, that's okay. I think endurance in relationships is kind of like this two-way street to where when you're not there, someone else can help be there for you. I think of times, um, especially like postpartum, I had really bad depression or anxiety, and I really couldn't show up for anyone. I showed up for my baby and to try to live, you know? It was like not a great time. But my friends did not take that personally. My husband did not take that personally. He said, I can see that she is struggling to keep going. I'm going to be there for her. I'm going to text even though I probably won't get one back for two weeks. I'm going to bring a meal even if they didn't ask. You know? There's this two-way street of being able to be in such a deep, intimate community that you can know that it's not personal when someone can't show up for you. So you don't put it on your identity. You don't go back to that, oh, if they're not showing up for me, we must not be your friends, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. I don't want to show up for them. That's not it, right? You're still called. You're still called to endure, to submit, right? Even when you don't feel like it's going to be received. That's, that's humility, right? That's sacrifice. Um, so, we're going to go back to this scripture. Okay? So we know that we can endure. We should endure for others even if we're not receiving something back. 
But what does that even look like? <laughs> How do we have this constant outstretching love? Um, so I'm just going to highlight a couple things um, that this passage talks about, and then we're going to wrap up. So, um, how do we have this outstretching love, this love that um, can build someone up? The verse says um, it can cover a multitude of sins. You know, I think of that continually walking with someone, even though it's hard, who doesn't know the Lord. You know, eventually your faithfulness to the Lord and be showing up for them could lead to their salvation. Like, it's a big deal, right? Um, so how do we do this? Number one, it says, be hospitable without complaint. I think this goes back to Greg's sermon from last week of sacrifice. You know, what are the ways that we can show up, that we can be hospitable, um, that we can give something that is ours for another whenever they're in need, right? How do we endure um, you know, like friendships, like showing up, you know, texting, offering a meal, very simple things of like being hospitable, giving what is yours for someone else so that they know that they have someone with them, you know? Then it says, serve how God has equipped you. It says, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, so that's your mantle, right? You're a steward of the grace of God. Serve with whatever gift each has received. I think a lot of times we can look around and think we're not capable or able because we don't have that person's gift. We have this gift and we're not really sure how to use this gift to be with another, to like endure with another, to, to serve one another with. But it says don't get caught up. Again, if you're getting caught up in what someone else's giftings are and what you feel like you're lacking, um, you're not enduring with the Lord and the mantle that he's giving you. You gotta believe that first so that you can extend outwards. So what gift have you received? What has the Lord been able to give you, right? I mean, I feel like I don't really have a lot of gifts sometimes, but I'm like, I can bake. You know, like sometimes it's just, sometimes it's an easy thing like, I can bake them a loaf of bread whenever they're, going through a hard time, maybe someone has passed in their life, I can make them soup and bring them a loaf of bread. I think bread's really comforting. <laughs> so what, what gifts have you been given that you can use to serve someone else? Then it says, speak truth. It says, speak as if you're speaking the words of the Lord, the words that the Lord has given you. And then, you know, that Revelation packet passage talks about calling out falsehoods. So, like, you got to be asking the Lord, what are your words? How can I encourage this person? You know, Greg does a really good job of calling out um, falsehoods in me, but I also have friends that I'll, like, be saying, you know, I'll say something that happened, like, last Thursday morning. Um, I was, like, at women's group. I was, like, man, it just feels like this. And they were, like, that's a lie. <laughs> I was, like, okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. I was like, I'm just having a hard time. And they're like, I know, but this is what the truth is. Let me just speak this over you. And so being able to have that confidence that the Lord has given you to be like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What is a word that I can give to this person? And speak that confidently over them, right? How encouraging is that when you get a word and it helps you like keep going, even if it's just for the next like two days, you hang on to that word or that scripture or that song, right? Sometimes it's all that gets you through. 
you have the ability to extend that to others. You don't just have to receive it, right? You can pray and you can ask the Lord for a word for someone. And then the last thing it says, it says to remember that our power to do everything comes from him. And we need to always point it back to him. If we're not remembering that, then we're making our mantle too heavy. And we're going to be we're going to be falling down, right? If we think it's coming from us, we have to remember that our power comes from him and point it back to him. That's how love can cover a multitude of sins because we're not saying, "Hey, look how good I love you. I've been here for you every day." No, it's look how much the Lord loves you and I just get to tell you about it. Right? That's how a constant outstretching love can lead to the covering of sins. So, as we wrap up, um, I guess, I don't know if the band wants to come up. Um, I want to just leave you with a promise that is given in Revelation, the, the last verse that we read. It said, those who endure, those who overcome, get to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. I know sometimes when we're, we're having trouble enduring and we don't think we can keep going, we're kind of wondering, what are we going to get out of it? Like, is it going to be good in the end if I keep going? We have this promise that we will find rest, right? Paradise is a place of rest and fulfillment will be satisfied. Uh, so I just wanted to leave you with those two things. Um, that there is a reward in the Lord for enduring with him and enduring with him for others. Um, you'll find rest. He can give you rest supernaturally. Um, and he can satisfy you supernaturally. Not just when we meet him, but in the moment. So um, I kind of want you all to bow your heads right now. <clears throat> Maybe you're in a season where you're having a hard time enduring. Where you're the one that feels like you can't go on. That you want to give up. Just admit that to him in this time. Admit your doubt to him. And then ask for forgiveness for, um, for doubting. Ask him for the strength to keep going, to endure, because it's all given from him. And then maybe you're in a spot where things are going pretty well in your life. Ask him for the name of a friend or a family member who needs you to step into their life, who needs you to endure for them so that they can keep going. Ask the Lord for a word for them. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.